time. And we'll be talking this morning about a mother's influence. Nothing is more important in life than one's parents. Parenting, as my dad used to say, uh, he says, parenting is not easy. And my dad was exactly right. Uh, my dad's been with the Lord now for many years, but uh, and as has my mom. But parenting is definitely not an easy job. <clears throat> it comes with many different things. Josh, I'm going to see if you can sync this up one more time, please. That way I won't have to keep turning around. Thank you, sir. Uh, so this morning we're going to ask you several different things as we get started. Number one, do you honor your mother? Do you honor your mother? Say, well, today's Mother's Day. We, we gave her a few presents where we, maybe you took her out to dinner or have a lunch or breakfast that she did. But uh, do you indeed honor your mother? Mothers, have you considered the tremendous influence that you have in the life of your child or children? Have you thought about that? Your importance, that how God intends to use you as someone's mother. It's an awesome responsibility. You say, Pastor, I've had enough stress this week. Don't lay any more on me. Well, my intent is not to lay stress on you. It's basically to look at you from God's perspective and how important you are and how God can use you in, your, in the life of your children. Grandmothers, and we have many grandmothers here this morning, have you considered the tremendous influence you have on your grown children and your grandchildren? You say, well, I'm just, uh, I hear this sometimes from some of our senior citizens. I'm just an old person. Nobody cares about me anymore. Nobody listens to me. I'm not important anymore. You're, I, I want to kindly say and lovingly say you're so wrong. Your influence is tremendous. How God will use you in the life of your children and grandchildren is still an awesome responsibility. Never think that your wisdom and your love and your encouragement and your advice aren't important. They're tremendously important, as we'll see as we open up the Word of God in just a moment. So this morning what we're going to do is we're going to examine the awesome influence a mother has in the life of each child. Thank you, sir. So this morning, then, what we're going to do is examine, once again, the awesome influence a mother has in the life of each child. But before we do, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to bless our time. Father, thank you so much for the dear folks that are here this morning. Lord, you know I love each and every person that comes through these doors, but nowhere near as much as you love them and care for them and want the best for them in their lives. So, Father, I pray that as we once again open up the only book you've given to us, the precious Word of God, that you'd speak to our hearts this morning. I selfishly ask, Lord, that you'd uh, bless my voice this morning and help it to stay strong. And I pray that you'd uh, use it, Father, not for my sake, but for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of each person here, that we might be instructed from your precious book, the Holy Bible. So, Lord... We ask that you would move in our hearts this morning. I ask that as we look at the wonderful, wonderful roles that you've given our mothers and grandmothers to do, that you'd use us, Lord, to excite all of us, male and female, about the wonderful, wonderful plan that you have for each and every person here this morning. 
We commit this all to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Take your Bibles, if you would, and go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're actually going to be going a bit in reverse as I go through the text, as it will basically make a little bit more sense as we go through it. So again, we're going to be going to 2 Timothy in chapter 1. We're going to start with 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, but let's go back to verse 3 for a moment, and we'll read the context. I thank God, the Apostle Paul says, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you. Now, Paul is talking to Timothy. Again, not my grandson, but the the individual uh, Timothy that lived at this time. Verse 4, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, this morning as we start out, we want to look at the faith of Timothy's grandmother, the testimony of a godly grandmother. He starts out in verse 5 and says, When I call to remembrance, Timothy, says, Timothy, I, I, want, I want us to think a little bit about where you've come from and where you are today. And the first thing I want to remind you of, he says, I call to remembrance. So the Apostle Paul knew Timothy, and we'll find out how intimately he knew Paul, uh, of course, from a Platonic, Platonic standpoint. Paul had a tremendous investment in Timothy. And he says, listen, Timothy, you're a special guy. God's going to use you in special ways. But I want to remind you, Timothy, of your background and how you came to this point. And the first thing I want to remind you, Timothy, he says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois. God uses moms, he uses grandmothers to draw children to himself. The awesome responsibility that uh, you have as a grandmother, it's like first thing that it takes, and those of you that have reached that status, that place of a grandmother, the tremendous influence that you have as a godly individual to influence those that have come after you. And Paul says, I recall to remembrance my dear grandmother, your dear grandmother, and the faith that she has. I recall back when I was young, my grandma Schmidt and grandfather Schmidt, it was Estelle and Henry Schmidt, and they passed away many, many years ago. But what a godly couple. And grandma, she was a, she was a very stickler for things. She was a strong woman. And uh, she put things in, in the right perspective all the time. But she was so loving and kind. 
We lived down in Illinois most of our life. Sorry about that. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we'd come up to uh, Milwaukee and on Chambers Street. Maybe some of you know where Chambers Street is. It's a whole lot different uh, back when Grandpa and Grandma were around. And I recall as we go up this uh, big giant set of stairs, we go upstairs and, and there was Grandma. And every time we got there, she had rice puff cookies with uh, chocolate on top. Oh, that was good stuff. And we looked forward to seeing Grandma. Now, Grandma and Grandpa, when I, even when I was young, they were, they were getting quite feeble. But everything centered around uh, loving God. And my grandmother had a tremendous influence, as you do as well, Grandmas. Your children look to you. You say, well, sometimes uh, my children don't treat me with the respect I think they should. Or me and my grandchildren don't always treat, you, uh, treat me the, the way I wish they would. And, and, but listen, you know that uh, your children are human too. The grandchildren are human. They make mistakes. They do things that uh, they may regret later in life. But back down when it comes down to the basis, you know what? Little Richie was watching Grandma. And he was not a good boy all the time. And he got into trouble just like some of you. No, I'm sure none of you did that, right? And, uh, uh, but the, the love that, that Grandma has and, and always that principle set at the top, do you love the Lord? Do you read that Bible? Do you pray? Do you try to walk with God? And Paul says, listen, Timothy, I remember your Grandma Lois. <laughs> she is a godly lady. And uh, her influence was tremendous in your mother Lois's life as well as in your life. And I recall that faith. Grandmas, don't ever lose heart. When your children maybe are not going in exactly the way you wish, don't lose heart, don't give up. Pray without ceasing. Love on them, care for them. You say, well, sometimes I want to give him a kick on wherever. <laughs> so I can just keep loving on him. You keep praying for him. You keep doing what you've done. And folks, God changes hearts, doesn't he? God changes hearts. And he uses grandma many times to be an influence on the family. Grandmas, you're important. Don't ever think you're not important, grandmas. You have a tremendous influence you have the wisdom, you have a life, many of you a lifelong relationship with Christ, some of you got saved later in life. You say, well, I messed up in the first years of my life, I wasn't saved, I wasn't walking with God, and I don't think God can use me. Oh yes, God can use you. See, every single grandmother, it doesn't matter when you got saved, when you started living for the Lord, you use that influence you have now. And Paul says, Timothy, I, I remember your grandma, uh, 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 her faith, Helped you to bring you to where you are today. You see, grandmas, there there's some young folks here, aren't there? A lot of them downstairs in junior church. Many of them uh, will be in Sunday school later, and many of them are sitting right in the same row with you this morning. And your influence counts. All the new little babies that uh, are uh, springing up here, spring, spring babies. <laughs> I love it. The influence that you're going to have on these dear godly children but you say they won't be godly if they aren't trained up right and they need you they need you desperately the transference of a godly grandmother 
In Psalm chapter 103, verse 17, it says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children. What does that mean? Children's children. It means your children's children. What is that? It's your grandbabies. To such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments, to do them. Paul says again, the faith of Timothy's mother now. We move on from grandmother. He says, man, grandmother started it. She was the impetus. She was, if you will, I don't know, uh, he doesn't go past the, the grandmother. Maybe she was a first generation believer in Christ. And now he says, listen, Timothy, I want to remind you of someone else. I want you to think about the love you should have and the respect you should have for your grandmother because she invested in your life. Now I want you to think about your dear mom. I want you to think about Lois. Says when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. So for what do we find first of all? The first thing that we see is there's a succession here. Grandma obviously was involved in training her child. And giving her the gospel. Somehow we don't know the story. It doesn't tell us. But grandmother's influence was significant to the point that her daughter, Lois, or Eunice, understood the gospel and apparently followed the Lord because that's exactly what Paul's saying here. So grandmother's influence. And you now some of you aren't grandmothers yet, but you will be someday. And some of you are praying for that as we speak. <laughs> And God will grant your daughter children. And you will have the opportunity not only to have an influence in the life of, of your daughters and your sons, but you'll have influence in those grandchildren as well. And Paul says, I want us to remember what your mama did. I want to take us to a few verses that basically bring us back to the time when your child was created. Every single baby is important to God. Right now there is, and I don't mean to get political, that's never my goal, but there is a massive argument going on right now when it comes to the, the uh, issue of abortion. Is it going to be legalized again or is it going to be forbidden some places? There are, I'm sure, some here that have gone through that procedure. And I want you to know, before I progress, that God still loves you. He still does. And uh, God still cares about you. And if you've gone through this, and we're going to touch on some verses, you say, well, why, why, why would you do that this morning? Because there is something towards God about the sanctity of life. And God cares about every single little child. And now again, if you've gone through that particular procedure, I don't want you to feel devalued or unloved because God still loves you. It's something maybe we wouldn't uh, endorse from a biblical standpoint, but God still loves you. He still cares about you, and you always will. So let's look, though, for those that uh, may be pregnant someday, maybe thinking about this. We'll look at a couple of verses. For those of you that uh, have had children, let's look at the preciousness that God gives to life itself. In Jeremiah 
chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, Before I formed you, God says to Jeremiah, So before I formed you, before you were a thought between your mom and your dad, I knew you. Wow. Do you think you're an accident here this morning? You're not. You say, uh, uh, my mom and my dad, or however you uh, came into being, uh, I was an accident. I wasn't loved. I wasn't cared for. You're no accident. You see, because before you ever thought about by your mom, your dad, or by whomever had you, definitely your mother, maybe you never knew your dad. God says, I knew about you. God says, I got a plan for you. I'm not really too concerned how it came about right now, but God says, I know you. Listen, look, look, in, your, look in your own mirror right, right now for a moment. God knew you before you were ever conceived. God knew what would happen with you before you were ever conceived. God has a literal uh, a love for you before you were ever conceived. And what does he say? Uh, Jeremiah says, I, I knew you before you were formed in the womb. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Now, Jeremiah had a special office he was called to. He was a prophet. And by the way, what has God called you to do? You say, well, I, I don't see much value in myself. I, I don't see my, myself being used to God. And God says, no, I, I'll use you because I got a plan for you. I love you and I care about you. Say, well, I, I started in a bad way. My grandmother wasn't Christian. My mother wasn't a Christian. I came about uh, maybe not in a proper way, and I, I don't think I'm loved or cared about by God. And God says, I love you dearly because I knew you before you were ever formed. To Jeremiah, he said, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You see, every single person here, there's something that God wants you to do for him. Now, you may not be a prophet to the nations. You may not be a preacher. You may not be a missionary or a Sunday school teacher or whatever it might be, but God says, I got a plan for you. Do you know you're important to God? You are. You say, I don't feel so important sometimes, and God says, you're important to me, that I love you and I care about you. You see, that's why we go right back to that first slide, church, that God's love is building because God needs each and every single one of you. Every single person that's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ has at least one spiritual gift. Maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's mercy. Maybe it's administration. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's being a servant. Maybe it's being an administrator. All those things that God and more that he's gifted you with, God needs you and God has gifted you in some special way. Don't ever devalue yourself. You say, I, I feel so unloved and unvalued at times. I feel like I have no friends. Well, I'll tell you what. After church, you go on down to that there fellowship time. And we call fellowship, here's how we spell it here, F-O-O-D. <laughs> and you go down and you have some food and fellowship time. And uh, folks, if you see somebody, and I, and I always say this, and I don't need to say because I, I rarely see it, but if you see somebody standing alone, that's somebody that needs a hug. That's somebody that needs a handshake. That's somebody that needs a little tender love and care today. And that's how you build a church that God's love is building. Why? Because if Jesus saw somebody standing alone, going through a tough time, maybe some tears rolling down their cheek, 
It's somebody who's in need. And God's put a lot of need fillers at Union Grove Baptist Church. Love on those that are hurting. Comfort those who are, are struggling. Help those that are feeling devalued. And put some spark back in their life as you share the love of God. Psalm 139, another wonderful passage about who you are in Christ. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. What's the psalmist saying here? He's thinking about who God is, what he means to him. And all of a sudden, uh, and of course these are the words of God that he placed within the psalmist's heart, but it's, it's very real, it's very true. And when we think about the love that God has for us, as we'll see compared to a mother's love shortly, it's so wonderful, it's so beyond me, I can barely attain it, I can't even understand it sometimes, how much I am loved. You say, Pastor, I, I just don't feel love like that all the time. I'm not even sure my mom really cares about me. Oh, she does. She does. Did you know that moms weren't born perfect? <laughs> Sorry, Valerie. Where's my wife? Where are you at? Where is she hiding? Oh, there you are. You keep switching on me. Hard to find you. You know that every single mom has a sin nature? Every single grandmother has a sin nature. Every single child has a sin nature. And because of that, you know that not a single person is perfect? And you say, well, my mom, she said something that really hurt my feelings. Sorry to use a personal illustration, but I don't want to pick on anybody else. I love dearly my grandfather. I talked a little about him at the funeral yesterday when he died, and it's in the book for those of you that got the book. And uh, uh, My grandfather, I loved him dearly. He brought me the absolute best Christmas presents. I remember this little red tractor that he got for me, and uh, we had a big basement, and I'd, every single day I'd get on my tractor and I'd just do laps around the basement. Loved that. All of a sudden, uh, we got a call one day that Grandpa was sick. No, it was much worse than that, that Grandpa had died. My little heart was broken. And I had no idea about the background of my Grandpa at that time. He was about 10 years old when he passed away. I went to the mausoleum because my grandpa and grandma, they weren't at that time. Uh, my grandpa was definitely not a church-going person. My grandmother would later get saved. Thank the Lord for that. My grandfather was uh, not a godly individual, which I would find out later. He made some horrible, horrible choices. He died, in all likelihood, from alcoholism when he was in the bathroom and all of a sudden... Had a heart attack, passed out, and that was the end of Grandpa. 
I wish I had a, a good story to tell about them, but I don't. I wish I did. Now watch as the coroners came in with the black bag, and I didn't see him in the, on the floor, but I saw as they rolled his body out in a black bag. He made some really bad choices, and my grandmother made some very, very bad choices when she was young. And that severely affected my mom for many, many years. Can you imagine when the worst possible things imaginable that can happen to a child took place because of your parents not protecting you? You say, Brother Rich, I'm one of those people. Your mom and dad aren't here this morning. You've gone through some really, really tough times. You felt the pains of betrayal by your own parents. And yet God says, listen, no matter how depth of sin your mom and dad may have gone, no matter how terrible your life may have been, no matter how much tragedy and how much heartache you faced, there's someone who loves you this morning, and it's the Lord Jesus. I knew you before you were formed. I have a wonderful guy, and God does have a great plan for you. And some of you have to shed some of those things that have happened in your background. Some of you have gone through very, very difficult and tough times, even through marriage. And it's like I've suffered, and you have. And I know some of the stories. Maybe there's a lot I don't know. You say, well, why are we going there this morning? Because, you see, that can be changed. You've not been sentenced to a life of pain and heartache. And God says, listen, I, I, I start to think about who you are. And, and, and David was being pursued by King Saul. And Saul wanted to do nothing but kill him. And David knew that he'd committed sin with Bathsheba. And, and he had an adulterous affair resulting in the death of his firstborn son. And his life had been messed up. And yet God says, David was an individual after my own heart. Why? Because David changed. David understood who God was. And he said, it's so wonderful. Despite the sins that I've committed, despite the things that we've done wrong, my God loves me. It's more than I can fathom. It's so wonderful. It's so unspeakable, the love that God has, just like a mother's love. Where can I go from your spirit, God? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, better known as Sheol or the, the grave, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. And here we come to those wonderful words again about the creative acts of God. For you, God, formed my inward parts. You covered, better wove or made within my mother. Uh, you covered me in my mother's womb. Every single person here, believe it or not, you got a mom. <laughs> and you were formed. 
And God specifically chose how you would be formed. Every single one of you is an individual whom God created because he loves you. You say, wait a minute, God loves me. Yes, God loves you. You see, even if you've been saved multiple years, there's some people here today, and I don't know who you are, but you're here. And, and you've been saved, and you gave your life to Christ, and you've been trying to follow him, but you don't feel loved this morning. You feel like a person that doesn't have a mother or doesn't have a father, and there's no love. And God says, wait a second, listen, please, listen. I love you. And God loves you this morning. And he said, I formed you. I wove you in your mother's womb. I will praise you, God, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame, speaking of our bones, our body was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. I am shocked to sometimes how God puts things in perspective with exactly the things that our country is facing right now. When we look at government, and by the way, and I say this everywhere I go, and I said it when I was in law enforcement as well, Government never changed the heart. Only God can change the heart. And when we look at what the laws are doing and what the land is doing and what the government is doing and what politics is doing, you say, Brother Rich, how much stock do you put in that? I'm not sure what's less than zero, but it's that. You say, the only place that we put our faith and our trust is in God himself. There's nothing else. There's nothing more that we can trust in. Yes, we have to deal with the politics. Yes, we have to deal with the government. Yes, we have to render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. But unto God, the things that are whose? Are God's. And God reminds us, when you're going through the tough times and the hard times, and even when you're going through the good times, he says, would you remember who I am, please? Would you remember me? Would you remember that I'm the one who made you, that I'm the one who loved you, and that I'm the one who's trying to help you live a wonderful, productive life for me? Which all started for Timothy with the faith of Grandma and for his dear mother Lois, who shared the gospel with him. Let's move on. The precious comfort that a mother can give, Isaiah 66, 13, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. God is using this illustration to show to the Jewish people I want to love you just like a mother loves her children. A mother's love that mama bears sometimes, that cuddly little mama sometimes, the one who at times comforts you when uh, you're uh, hurting, 
when you come home from school and the kids beat you up or they teased you or they bullied you and you run to mama and mama puts her arms around you and tries to cheer you up and help you through the tough time. When the little fevers come and the sickness comes and, and what does mama do? She doesn't say, get away from me. Don't come into my house while you're sick. What does mama do? She takes you in and she comforts you and she helps you and she helps to uh, wean you back, if you will, to strength. And, and God says, listen, just like I love my people, just like I care for my people, it's the same as a mother's love for her children. Let's go to First Thessalonians for a moment. The Apostle Paul says, we were gentle among you. He goes to the church of Thessalonica, going through some difficult times, and what does God say? But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased <clears throat> to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. We came in and preached the gospel to you, just like a mama would have done with her children. Mama didn't hold us at gunpoint. She didn't hold a knife to our throats. She lovingly and caringly and maybe a little bit dogmatically at times shared the things with us that you needed to hear and I needed to hear. And God says it's the same way when we talk to other folks about Jesus Christ. We came in. We didn't want to hurt you. We didn't want to upset you. We spoke the truth in what? In love. In love. Every time we get aggravated with somebody, every time somebody something doesn't go the way we want it to, God says, listen, I want you to treat them just like mama would treat you. How would mama react? Now again, remember, every mama has a sin nature and maybe not always acts the appropriate way. That can happen, can it? I didn't get one amen on that. And that's good because it's Mother's Day, so I'm glad you didn't. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. He said, listen, yeah, we, we told folks the gospel. We, 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 we gave them uh, the four points of the gospel, which we'll give in just a moment. Apostle said, Paul uh, uh, saying here to the Thessalonican church, we gave you our lives just like a mom, just like a mom takes up that precious little baby. We have several new babies here right now. And what does mom do? She holds that precious baby. She brings it into herself. She loves that precious little child, puts a smile on her face. And she loves on that little precious baby. And God says, listen, you know how much you see mama when she's loving on her kid, on her child? That's how you need to love on other folks. You say, what? Just like a mom loves her child? That's what he's saying. He, just like uh, that precious little baby, the one that you bring in and you hug to yourself and, and you care for uh, that little boy or that little girl, and God says, that's how we need to treat each other. That's how I want you to tell folks about the gospel, and that's how I want you to love on them. You say, well, I'm not much on that. Well, God says we need to be much on that. <laughs> it's what God's asked us to do. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we not, may not be a burden to you. We preached the gospel of God. Well, let's move on. 
the mother's precious protection. Exodus 20 reminds us, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your mother and your father, or your father and your mother, that what? That your days may be long. That's a wonderful admonition for us. It's like, well, you know, sometimes I get a little upset with my mom or I get upset with my dad and I, and I let them know what time of day it is. God says, hush. I'll tell you what time of day it is. It's time to honor your mom and dad. Well, but you don't know what they do. I need to tune them up every now and then, get them right back in line where they should be. And God says, no, that's not your place. Your place is to honor them. Honor your mother and your father, that your days may be what? That your days may be what? Oh, what is he saying here? Let's do the antithesis of that. Treat your mom and dad with disrespect and your days will be? Hmm. I said, whoa, wait a second. Seriously? I didn't write it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Exodus 21, he who strikes his father or his mother. What's the next part? Shall surely be what? Whoa. Now folks, this is Old Testament law. Do not do this or you will be in jail, and I'll be the happy to lock the door behind you. But God made a very strong statement back in the Old Testament times underneath the law. If someone strikes mom or dad, actually said it's deserving of the death penalty, you're like, whoa, wait a second. What is God saying here? Every single person here that's got a mama... <laughs> and that's every one of you. And some of you, of course, your mothers are home with the Lord. Let me see. God said, you, you mess with mom and dad. It's inappropriate. It's wrong. But you don't understand what they do sometimes. Don't need to understand it. God says what? Honor your father and mother. Never, ever, ever, ever lay a hand on them. And then he goes even a step further. And he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be what? Put to death. You know why God put this harsh penalty on this issue? Because moms and dads are a figure of how God treats us. And God makes it very, very strong. Again, now for those that may be visiting, those that aren't familiar with your scriptures, the Old Testament had 613 commandments that the Jewish people were literally supposed to follow. Now, when the grace of God came and Jesus Christ basically did away with the Old Testament law, we now live under what's called the time of grace, God's free and merited gift, which we'll close with in literally a couple of minutes. But I want you to think about the gravity of disrespecting mom or dad. And of course, Today we center on mothers. Think about that. Every time it's like, I can't believe my mom did that. 
I can't believe my grandmother did that. I think I need to give them a piece of my mind. I think I need to tell them what time of day it is. And he who strikes his father and mother shall surely be put to death, and he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Again, the death penalty is not enforced. Do not do that. Let's go to the final point here. The faith of Timothy, the fruit of godly parents. When I call to remembrance, Timothy, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in you also. Well, folks, what we know is that Timothy became one of the great servants of God. And one of the things that allowed Timothy to progress as he did in his Christian walk, God reminds us that his grandmother and his mother played a very important part in raising up one of the greatest Christians of all time, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul was a massive influence across the known world at that time to reach folks with the gospel of Christ. The Apostle Paul gave and gave and gave and was beat up and was uh, shipwrecked and was beaten and was left for dead, was stoned. All these things that the Apostle Paul put on the line. Why? Because he loved God. And one of the reasons why he did was because he came from a godly heritage. Grandma helped to form him. Mom helped to form him. And finally, we find out that Timothy will make a profession of faith in Christ. The fruit of godly Christians, verse uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> I thank God, the Apostle Paul says, whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, Timothy, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. And I want to take you to one last passage. 1 Corinthians 4, for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you. Catch these next words. Who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord? What the Bible is telling us here is that the Apostle Paul one day was able to come up to Timothy and share the gospel with him. And actually, he is now considered, if you will, from a spiritual sense, Timothy is the fruit of the Apostle Paul. In other words, the Apostle Paul shared the gospel with Timothy, and based on his upbringing, based on grandma planting seeds in Paul's mind, based on, uh, uh, if you will, uh, uh, his mother planting seeds of the gospel in Paul's or in Timothy's mind. Paul then comes, says the Bible tells us that one plants, one waters, but who brings forth the increase? God does. In other words, grandma was sharing the gospel with her grandson. Mama was sharing the gospel with her son. The Apostle Paul comes along and shares the gospel with, with Timothy. And all of a sudden, God uses grandma's words and mama's words and Paul's words. And Paul has the wonderful time of being able to lead Timothy to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Ladies, as you walk out of here in a few moments, think about the awesome responsibility that God's given to you. But think more about than just the responsibility. Think about the awesome privilege it is to be able to live and share a godly life with your children, 
And if you don't have grandchildren yet, maybe with those grandchildren someday, you are very, very special to God. You are highly valued. You are highly treasured. You deserve honor. In fact, what does God say? Honor your mother. Honor her. Mother's Day is a wonderful time. I think we're going to name it a Christian holiday from now on. Because there's no one that should value their mom more than God's people. Well, let's close. Nobody moving for a moment, please. How does it all start, grandmas? How does it all start, mamas? It all starts today with understanding who Christ is. Let me ask you one question. If you were to die right now, where would you go? Where would you go? That book we gave to the visitors this morning, Are You Going to a Better Place, Are You? Yesterday, as we remembered Robin Schmidt, no, no relationship except that he's a brother in Christ, we go to funerals and we say, are you going to a better place? Oh, we we're so happy that they're in a better place right now. I'm going to say something very politically incorrect right now. Are they really in a better place? You say, what do you mean by that? When you die, you go to a better place. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You see, Robin Schmidt went to heaven. You say, how do you know that? <laughs> because... When I went to his hospital bed several times, we talked about the gospel, and Robin had accepted the gospel. He'd accepted God's love. Dear Abby, who did just such a, a wonderful job yesterday singing and sharing a little bit about Grandpa's testimony, shortly before he went home to be with the Lord, Robin said, I'm ready to go home and be with Jesus. You know why? Because he understood the gospel. He understood God's love for him. Here it is, four quick things that we're done. Number one, God says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not a single one of us is perfect. We're all born with that horrible sin nature. And the Bible says if we got what we deserved, every single one of us would have to pay for our sin in an eternal place called the lake of fire or hell, Revelation 21.8. But the good news is that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came down from heaven, died on a cross for our sins. He was buried and three days later, rose again from the dead, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. And you say, well, I knew that when I walked in here. How do I know if I die, I'm going to a better place? Look on the screen, please, or if those watching on the Internet, take a look at the words. Here's the answer. The God Bible says that you're saved by grace, for by grace, God's free, unmerited gift. That's what, what grace means. You have been saved, saved from sin, saved from the penalty of sin, the eternal lake of fire. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any person should boast. Have you ever accepted that free gift? Some of you are here, you're like, I've never heard this before. I've never heard that salvation is a free gift. I thought I had to work for it. I thought I had to earn it. And God says, no, it's a gift I have waiting for you. You just have to take it. How do you take it? You believe on it by faith. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray now that you do the work that only God can do. Father, first of all, we thank you for the dear, dear mothers and grandmothers that are here this morning. Father, help them to understand the tremendous value you place on them. 
Help them to understand how much you need them uh, in their godly testimony in the lives of their children. Help all of us, Lord, to honor our mothers and to put them in high esteem as you did. And help us to love on them today. Maybe do some extra special things, not just today, but to every single day remember the value of our precious moms that you've given to us. Lord, bless these dear ladies. Finally, if you're here, have you ever accepted God's free gift of eternal life? It's free. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. It's right there waiting for you to take it. You understand you're a sinner? You say, yes, I do. You understand that because you sin, you don't deserve to go to heaven? You say, I, I don't like to admit that, but yes, I do. Do you believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came down from heaven, died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and three days later rose from the dead? Do you truly believe that? You say, I absolutely do. Well, then are you ready to do the last thing that God asked you to do to get to heaven? which is to stop trying to work it on your own because you'll never be good enough. You can never do enough things and to receive that free gift of eternal life. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's God's gifts. God's gift. Would you take that free gift right there where you're seated? Would you by faith receive Jesus as your personal Savior right now? Just do it. You say, how do I do it? It's by faith. There's nothing else you do but believe on him. For, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Did you receive that free gift just now? Did you take it? Did you embrace it? Are you thankful for what God just gave to you? We're going to say a closing prayer. And if you've just placed your faith and trust in Jesus, how about we Tell God how thankful we are for that gift. Maybe you want to thank him in a way like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know I don't deserve to go to heaven. But this very moment, this Mother's Day, I finally get it. I finally understand that you loved me enough to come down from heaven's glory, to go to a cross, to die, to pay for my sins 100%. And I'm placing my faith and trust in you today. Thank you for saving me. Now, Father, would you please bless every person that's just received Christ, help them to walk with you. And then, Father, I pray that you'd help every single mother and grandmother today to fill